entities in different London charity transition network. And we were last here three years ago at a fantastic conference then. And I'm really looking forward to being experiencing being back here and being able to compare and contrast what difference, what's happened, what the changes are in three years. I'd like to thank our hosts back again for making such enormous efforts to make things work for us. And I just want to say really how proud I am to be here because this is the sixth transition conference and it's just an amazing memory of what's happened over the last six years. I want to say also that we've got quite a new team holding, shaping, putting this together. I want to thank them. We've got Ruth and Chrissy and Joe, who we'll be handing over to in a minute. And then I want to start with a very brief reflection on the theme of the conference, Resilience in Extraordinary Times, and what that means to me, really. Um, I probably don't need to talk about how extraordinary these times are physically, in terms of the impact that we're having on the systems around us, the natural, the natural boundaries that are starting to transgress, because we all know about that. Or even about the social structures that we've created, such as our financial model, and the stresses that become more and more visible. And it certainly feels as if we get a better understanding of both of those things every day. And more and more people get that better understanding, and yet at the same time, we understand better and better how little we know and how much we have to simply do our best to set out on some way of starting to transform what's around us right now. Which takes me straight back to a question I've been grappling with pretty much all of my life, which is how, when you look around you and you see something that you think just not only doesn't work, but it's deeply dangerous, how do you stay in it and transform it? rather than just turning your back on it and walking away from it. How do we create, for example, transition enterprises which can thrive while at the same time there's Tesco just down the road? And that's an extraordinary question. It's a question of people who've been seeking to change the world, to change themselves, have struggled with since human beings started grappling with these things. And I suppose the different bit for me, the real need for resilience in a truly extraordinary time is the sense of the ticking clock I have. The sense that we have to get on and do this. And how do I manage to hold those two things together, the enormity of the task and the urgency without somehow driving myself to distraction or driving people around me away to distraction. And my deep, deep sucker and resource in that is all of you and everyone else. Fact that I'm not doing this on my own, none of us are doing this on our own, we're doing it together with others, which, which is really all the only thing that makes it possible for me. And actually, extraordinarily, it makes it possible for me to have a happy and joyous life. And I also do see around me some of the changes in consciousness that maybe start to show that things can incredibly quickly transform. Recently, Transition Network was responsible for persuading, with others, for persuading the Department of Energy and Climate Change to do a truly amazing thing for government departments to do, to not only allocate £10 million to communities to start to do things around energy, but 
to say this hunt will be managed by the communities. They will take the decision about how to share it. I'm not aware of any precedent for a UK government department having ever done that before. And they have an understanding at the moment that they don't know how to get rid of, so obviously we can go back to them with suggestions. And that's on the national level. And then I look around me at an international level, and I see, for example, the fact that the governments of Bolivia and of Ecuador have passed into their law, their legal system, and as legislation, rights for the planet, rights for nature. And I think there's the beginning of a change in consciousness. It's just the start. And they time things as well, and maybe not so tiny. I see a man who I have enormous respect for, Desmond Tutu, standing up and saying, I will not speak same conference as Tony Blair. Now why is that important? It's important because a man who is respected around the world for his morals, for his ethics, has stood up and said, no, we're not going to pretend that the emperor has clothes. If someone has behaved in an extraordinarily immoral, unethical way, I'm going to stand up and say something about it, even if he is apparently a member of the greatest good. And just in that single action from Archbishop Tutu, I see the beginning of that change in consciousness. And I suppose that for me is what is needed. Those sorts of changes spiraling and all of us helping to make them. Thank you.